Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Monster Monday, Memorial Day Monday, presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook, and I am beyond excited for today's show because those of you that follow me on social media, which is hopefully a lot of you, you probably saw, I don't know, a week to 10 days ago when I posted about the Chicago Bears and not exactly putting Justin Fields in the position to succeed. I'll get into that momentarily. And I had some well-known members of the media, Greg Gabriel, Adam Rank, kind of come at me a little bit. So I thought, you know what? It's so hard to try to legislate these discussions on Twitter with the character limit or whatever. You can read the whole thing at Ross Tucker NFL, which is the same as my Instagram, which is the same as my TikTok, uh, which is close to my Facebook, facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. But these are the forums we should have. I, I, I wanted to actually have guys come on and let's discuss it. Let's, let's have a conversation about it rather than just going back and forth on tweets, which can be misconstrued or whatever. So while it is Bears-centric, to me it's really about two things. It's about young quarterbacks, putting them in a position to succeed, and it's about having an actual discussion with human beings about a topic you might disagree on and seeing if there's a common ground or at least talking it out. I'm not trying to make a bigger social statement here or political statement, but it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice to actually, rather than just attack the other person or make fun of them or come back with something witty, it's kind of nice to actually talk it out with them. So I'm going to do that with Greg and Adam momentarily. It is a new week. So we will have a new Spread the Word winner via social media, at Ross Tucker NFL. I already told you guys that. Or, by the way, at Ross Tucker Pod, Twitter and Instagram. And then a new sponsor confirmation email winner. Love those of you that take advantage of our sponsors. We got some good ones this week with LinkedIn and UFOs. And then the YouTube shout-out, which are really fun things for me to do, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, just subscribe, hit the thumbs up. It's free. You're not paying anything. And then comment 
I'll know it's from you. Boom. Great chance you will be the winner. And you'll get a video shout-out for whoever you want the video shout-out for, which is awesome. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. As promised, we are joined by not one, but <laughs> two people that attacked me recently uh, I don't know on social that. media over a very factual post relating the Chicago Bears. We don't often do this, <laughs> but I got a lot of respect for both of these guys. I wanted to give them a platform to discuss because it's not just about the Bears. It's about building a team. It's about a philosophy. It's about young quarterbacks. It's about a lot that everybody can learn from. You got to check them out on social media. Adam Rank does a terrific job. He was killing it on Good Morning Football recently. He's got a couple of awesome podcasts. He's a fantasy guru at Adam Rank on social media. Greg Gabriel was an NFL scout for how long, Greg? Well, I still do some work, but it, it's been close to 40 years now. But I, I was a decision maker for 15. Exactly. So 40 years as a scout, 15 years as a decision maker, and he's still wrong about what we're about to talk about, which is amazing. Um, so that's, that's the beauty of it. I wanted them both to come on to try to even the odds out a little bit to give them more of a chance. It's a so, handicap match now, like you see in the WWE. Like, oh, the, two, the, the face is taking on two jobbers that you've never heard of. Well done. Well done by you. Well, way to position yeah, that. You no, know, he's taking that Princeton education and using it as a, trying to use it as an advantage. Hey, listen, Greg, nobody's used it less than me so far, buddy. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Played football for seven years. I've been talking about it ever since. So, I'm going to read the whole tweet, and then I ha- I want to go through each line item, okay? Okay. But here's the, here's the whole tweet. And by the way, this one part of this is really interesting, and Greg, you commented on this, that this is like national narrative BS or whatever, and I had a lot of Bears fans say that. I probably – I must not follow that many people because I haven't seen other people – like I totally <laughs> believe other people are saying this and similar stuff. But I really haven't. I was looking. I don't know what I was looking at. I was like, wow. Oh, I know what I was doing. I was doing my O-line rankings. I was doing my O-line rankings, and I have the Bears last. And I just thought, wow. They also, their receivers aren't very good. So I started thinking about it. Here's the tweet, okay? Get drafted by a coach. By the way, at Ross Tucker NFL, you already know that. Get drafted by a coach GM on the hot seat. Change coaches and scheme after rookie year. Bad offensive line. Lack of weapons. Bears are following the how to ruin a young quarterback script perfectly so far. So we all agree, right, guys? Adam, Greg, that they did get drafted by a coach GM on the hot seat, right? True. That is that is true. Not to his fault, but yes, that is true. Yeah, yeah. And they then they are changing coaches and scheme after his rookie year. For the, is, for the see, better, this, in my opinion. Yeah, this, right, this it, might, it, might, no, like, it, it might be for the better, but my point is both those things are factual statements. Because I'm going to get to the point. This, this is why I want to have you this, guys on. This is like this is like the thing that lawyers do. Like, isn't it true that you're a terrible <laughs> person? And you're like, no. 
Isn't it also true? You're like, wait a minute. I said no to the first thing. I've done my um, fair share of depositions, so I don't know all, all right. about that. So, 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 Greg, I will give you a chance to okay. go through because you think for the better, which, which you you might be right. Um, so I'm going to ask Greg this one, okay? Because Adam, I know you had some other thoughts. Because and I thought Adam, one of your tweets I thought was really interesting. Um. Bad offensive line. Greg, if I asked every GM in the NFL to rank all 32 O-lines right now, on average, where do you think they'd have the Bears? Oh, they're going to have them based on what you look, what they look like on paper. I, I'm not disagreeing. But, you know, from what I do and I evaluate talent, I think they're a lot better than what they were. And part of the reason is, and this might be a, a long answer, Juan Castillo was the coach the last two years. Juan wanted these big elephants who couldn't move. Now, I'll, I'll give you an example. Last year, they draft Larry Borum, who ends up starting nine or ten games as a rookie, drafted him in the fifth round out of Missouri. He played between 350 and 360 while he was at Missouri. He knew he was too heavy. He got down to 320 for his pro day and really tore it up. He ran a 5-1 at 320 pounds, did very good on the agility drills, vertical jump, etc. And then he gets to Chicago and Juan says, you're too small, I want you big again. And they make him get his butt back up to 335, 340. And the same with Tevin Jenkins. Tevin Jenkins was 312 pounds at the combine. He was 335 when he came back from from surgery. So you had all these guys who couldn't move and asking him to to do things. Now, granted, you know, they had injuries and everything else going on last year, but now you got a new scheme and you might, you're familiar with one of these guys, I think really well, you know, Rusty Jones, right? From your time in Buffalo. Okay. Now Rusty wasn't the uh, at the top of the totem pole when you were there because Malarkey was the head coach, if I'm not mistaken. No, he was the top of the totem pole when it was Greg Williams, and then Malarkey came in and kind of put another guy ahead of him. Right. It was okay. a mess. But so you you know what, what Rusty's program is, and a lot of it deals Love with him. Okay. Love him. And Probably my favorite strength guy. So, uh, he was way ahead of the game. Way, way ahead. ahead of the game with nutrition, stretching, body composition, um, body fat, way – like I can't even tell you guys because I went to teams after that, and Rusty was light years ahead of the other teams. No question. In terms of stretching and nutrition. I mean, I went from Dallas where we were eating like fried chicken and mashed potatoes <laughs> with gravy to <laughs> Buffalo where like they, they measured out exactly what you should be. It was awesome. Right. It was it was awesome. Well, the point I'm trying to make is the, the new strength coach that Eberflus brought in is Jimmy Arthur. Now, you may know Jimmy because Jimmy was no, Jimmy Buff- was Rusty's assistant. Right. So, yeah, what's what's Jimmy doing? He's doing Rusty's program and it's all related to body fat, nutrition, flexibility. You know, I know the program well because, I, you know, I've known Rusty God for 40 years and I and I worked with him for six but, you know, give a perfect example. Tevin, it was Tevin Jenkins' uh, day yesterday to meet the media after the OTAs. So he said he's dropped 20 pounds. And then he brings up, and this is the key thing, my body fat's dropped 
And and so yeah, Greg, honestly, they're buying in. Well, not only that, I'm not a Juan Castillo guy. I don't I don't really care for his techniques. Uh, a lot of people he, all vertical. That's a whole other. That's a whole other podcast. Right. I want to I want to get to Adam here. Adam. Yes, sir. Going with you with this one because of your fantasy background as well. If you asked any fantasy expert, okay, yeah, or even like any NFL front office executive. To compare the currently, I'm not talking running backs. I'm talking weapons. Let's talk wide receivers and tight ends for Justin Fields for this year. Where do you think the Bears would rank on objectively? Objectively, the only one who would, you know, the running backs are going to warrant fantasy value. Darnell Mooney is kind of. It's going to be interesting to see how he works out because what we like to do in fantasy is look for the guy who is going to get a lot of targets. And based on the fact that there's not a lot of competing uh, receivers, we expect Darnell Mooney to be funneled with targets. Not that he's going to have a Cooper Cup-like season, but he's going to be funneled with targets. Cole Komet, probably not going to be one of the elite fantasy tight ends, but could end up being a Bob Tunyon-type guy who doesn't have the yardage, might not have the receptions, but does score touchdowns. So I think on that level, like for fantasy-wise, and you see like guys, you know, on fantasy Twitter who are like, this is the worst. And this is the one thing that's always interesting for me when it comes to like, I don't, okay, fine. Like people are like, okay, Bayless Jones isn't going to be a fantasy option. I'm like, okay. But they're, they clearly brought him in with a specific purpose in mind. Percy Harvin was a great NFL player during a, a small period of time. Wasn't a great fantasy guy. And I'm okay with that, with players being that way. All right. Can, so, I, can I add to that, Ross? Yeah, sure. Okay. Now, when you look at the names of the – Great. Hold on one second. Really. By the way, I thought that Adam said that Darnell Mooney was going to be fondled with targets rather than funneled, and I had <laughs> never heard that term for fantasy before. That actually like, – Wow. Is that fondled with targets? I mean, he's getting a lot of targets. He's going to be fondled <laughs> with them. All right. Sorry, Greg. Go ahead. Okay. So – they brought in basically two guys from, and another guy they just brought in last week from from free agency, Byron Pringle from Kansas City, who the last third of the season last year was number three. Who was at Kansas City? Ryan Poles. Who knows Byron Pringle as well as anybody? Ryan Poles. Okay, he was always going to be a number three at Kansas City, but that doesn't mean he's not capable of being a number two somewhere else. You know, look at the, the the receiving core they had at Kansas City. Then we'll go to another guy they signed, and they got him real cheap. Equinemius St. Brown from Green Bay. Who coached him the last three years every day and was with him every day in practice? The Bears offensive coordinator, Luke Getze. Who knows him better than anybody? Luke Getze. They signed him right away because they knew he wasn't going to climb the ladder at Green Bay. He was stuck where he was. Now, at that point, they weren't going to trade Devontae Adams, or at least publicly weren't going to do that. So it's guys that they feel that are ready to step up and have big production. But when you look at it from the national perspective, it's who the hell they got a wide receiver. I get that. But I, I look at I look at it from the personnel side. No, they, I mean, Greg, th- there's a chance St. Brown has a good year. I, I think I've always liked Pringle on his speed, and there's a chance he has a good year. But I guess what I don't understand is I'm going to go back to Adam for this. Yes. My tweet 
which is what started this whole thing, okay? Yeah. Adam, I think you started by saying, I do not agree with this. Yeah. And then, Greg, you said it's <laughs> national narrative BS that isn't true. Like, for me, as not a guy that covers the Bears every day, but what did I say? Like, if, if you if you said to me, at a minute, maybe ruin how to ruin a young quarterback was a little strong. Yeah. But at a minimum, Adam, is it fair to say, with everything that's happened with Nagy and Pace and what we're looking at for the O-line and receivers this year, they're not exactly putting him in a position to succeed. Is that fair? This is this is what I – I think this was my uh, apprehension of this or my reaction to your tweet. It's, first of all, Ross, you know, obviously I, I, I like you quite a bit. And I wasn't mad at you. I was just disappointed. I wasn't as angry as Greg. I didn't. I didn't do anything. I, I, wasn't angry. I just. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm teasing. I just the way that I the way I approach it is you can look at the things that you listed that you were listing as negatives could also be turned around. Even though those are factually correct, they could also be turned around to be positives. In that you know the Bears realized that their coaching staff wasn't very good. Instead of giving Maggie another year, they got rid of him. They brought in a, a general manager and a coach that want to work with him. That could be perceived as a positive. Uh, the the O-line is bad. That's true, but they recognize that the O-line is bad. They used two picks last season on bookend tight ends. They used a lot of draft capital this season on getting players to fit their system who are younger, who are leaner, who are meaner which kind of fit the system. And then the lack of weapons, again, factually correct. But it's also, I think, a positive in that they they, they weren't going to go out. They weren't going to get Devontae Adams. They were not going to get Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown. None of those guys were going to come to Chicago because of where they are in their rebuilding process. I would take that as a positive that you spend minimum dollars on Byron Pringle instead of spending $94 million on – Christian Kirk. And I think that we can now see if you compare the two, the two things with, um, with the Jags and with the bears, I would rather be doing what the bears are doing. I think that that is setting them up for long-term success. And I think what they did in the draft, looking at the defensive secondary, which was as awful as their wide receivers and Justin Fields last year had three, put them in a position to win three games against good playoff-type teams, because I know the Ravens didn't make the playoffs, but they had late leads against the Steelers, the 49ers, and the Ravens that their secondary blew. So I think that that was kind of a cautious approach in that I think that if they can kind of hold the line right now, next season when there is a Debo Samuel or DK Metcalf available, that's when you would be able to go out there and spin it. So you're not factually correct, but I think that both of us are seeing it through. And obviously I'm a Bears fan, so I'm going to take it a little bit more personally or be yeah. a little bit more positive. And that's all I was saying. That's why I didn't call you. I didn't call you names or anything. No, no, like, no. And, and Greg, here's, here's what it comes down to for me, because I've been thinking about this. I don't think the Bears are going to be very good this year, right? So I don't know what that is. Maybe they're better than I think they're going to be. But let's just say – for argument's sake, they win four, five, six games, okay? And let's say field struggles because the O-line's not very good. Now, they're clearly taking a long-term approach at this. You look at how young they are on the O-line. 
They're going to find out this year how many of those young kids can play and how many can't. And I think the odds are maybe Pringle or Equinemius St. Brown. My guess is one of them proves to be a guy that's part of the solution rather than part of the problem, right? What it comes down to for me, though, let's just say they go 5-12. and 12 And they have a top five pick. And Fields doesn't play well. As long as they are 100% committed to Fields in year three, Greg, and use that pick to trade it or to get something else. But I feel like that's hard. I feel like if Fields has a bad year and they have a top five pick with Bryce Young and Stroud or whoever – there's going to be some Bears fans saying, I've watched him for two years now. He's not good. I don't want to hear about the excuses. We need to get another quarterback. Whereas I don't think that that's fair to him. I'm on board with, I'm okay with it. If Eberflus and Poles are giving Fields year three, almost no matter what. Your thoughts, Greg? Well, I, I, I think where you're, you're coming with a lot of hypotheticals. And I think really the intelligent thing to do would be let's revisit this at midseason because now we're going to get a better idea. Because right now, I mean, what is, especially with the offensive line, what do you get out of OTAs besides nothing? You know, I've seen a gazillion OTA practices and the offensive line and the defensive line, other than learning assignments and working on individual technique, can't do a lot. So you're not going to see actual run blocking, actual pass blocking, et cetera. I just think, you know, knowing what some of these guys were in college, they're going to get a chance to play, that they're going to be pretty good. They brought in Lucas Patrick to play center, who started the last two years at Green Bay. Another guy that gets he knew, he's going to be the glue of the offensive line as the center. And, you know, call the protections out and everything else. So I, I just think it's it's <laughs> – I think they're going to win more four or five games. I think it's going to be more on, on seven or eight. I don't think they're going to challenge for the playoffs. And I think that within this system that Fields, you know, seeing the Green Bay system, that Fields is going to play a lot better within that scheme than he played in Matt Nagy's scheme. Seven or eight would would surprise me. That would be impressive. Adam, I'm going to give you the the final word here with your thoughts being a Bears fan on fields because I think that's the interesting thing. I guess I'm just opposed to the Bears possibly moving on from him given this is his surroundings this year. But I think there are people that don't follow it as closely as you guys that just tune into the games on Sundays and they're going to be calling into the score being like, this kid doesn't have it. We got to draft a new one. Well, one of the great things about Ryan Poles is I don't think that he's going to be pressured into making any sort of move because somebody, <clears throat> you know, Johnny and Schomburg is sitting there at Portillo's <laughs> calling in and being like, hey, uh, yeah, this guy, you know, like he's not going to care. And I, I truly do believe that one of the most attractive things for this job was working with Justin Fields. And you'll get a sense of it. You'll get a sense of, you know, if there are struggles, why is he struggling? I know that Matt Nagy always talked about, what are the whys? Uh, I think these guys will know. And I think they will get a good sense of what they have in him. 
And again, you know, they're working on it. And I think that because they're taking this methodical approach, they're basically giving him that third year. I would even suggest that he's getting at least two more years. I think it would be very, I I, I think it would be way too soon to give up on him. I mean, you, 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 it, you've already put a lot of draft. It's not like he was a fourth round draft pick that you're like, ah, maybe, you know, maybe this guy could do well. Like he's a first round guy. You use the 11th overall selection. You traded a first round pick that ended up being Evan Neal. I would, I, I guess that's part of, part of the reason why I get so frustrated is that I just assume like he's at least getting two years. I would say through his rookie contract. Just, and, out, just out of curiosity, Adam, and I'll ask both of you guys this quick and then we'll wrap it up. Was he better, worse, or about what you thought you'd see from him last year? Just out of curiosity. I, given the, the constrictions of what was happening, you know, watching that Cleveland game, you're like, okay, what is happening here? But when you started to see some of the magic happen, and I will look back, and I know there are pop plays against San Francisco, rallying the team against the Steelers. I think the Steelers game is always what will stick out to me of like, okay, this guy's got it. Like, like don't don't get him hurt. Don't get him injured. Like, I almost, after that Steelers game, I'm like, don't play him anymore. Like, he's fine. Daggy's getting fired. Who cares? Like, don't, don't screw this up anymore. Um, so I actually thought the talent was there. I think it'll shine through. And I think we'll get a good sense of that in the first couple of weeks uh, when the season starts. Greg, what did you think? Did you think he was about what you thought he'd be, better or worse? I, I, look, I'll be the first one to tell you, I don't watch every snap of Bears football, okay? I watch, a, I watch a lot, but I don't sit there and study every snap like you guys do. Okay, there was I, – I, I think it's, it's what I expected. I mean, first of all, you look at what the plan supposedly was, and Andy Dalton was supposed to play, and, and, and Fields was supposed to sit. So we never got the reps in practice. Then the Cleveland game came in, and that was, I mean, the play calling and the game plan was was just horrible. But you, I go back to what I saw in college. And you go back to that, that uh, playoff game against Clemson. Yeah. And he just, I, there's no comparison between him and Trevor Lawrence in that one particular game. And you look at some of the stuff he did at Ohio State. This guy is loaded with talent. I think he was held back by the system. And, you know, Nagy, and I, I worked with Matt in Philly for a year, so I, I, I know Matt, but I, I think he's buried in the system and not buried in trying to do what's best for the player. Check out these guys on social media. They're great files, especially if you're a Bears fan. You probably already do. But at Greg Gabe, that's Greg Gabriel, at Adam Rank, Terrific stuff. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Clearly, I won the argument, and I appreciate No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I appreciate you guys coming on the show. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks oh, Ross, for I me. love you. Thank you so much. See you later. You know what else is amazing? I love UFOs. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that interview as much as I did. I don't know how many times have I actually done that, where it's like interviewing two people and actually – debating a topic that was really pretty cool speaking of pretty cool i am obsessed as you guys know with ufos i mean it's unbelievable anywhere you see me go i'll be wearing ufos because it's made with unique ufoam technology that absorbs impact so your body doesn't have to only available from ufos 
Ufoam technology is what separates Ufros from other cushioned and performance footwear brands. So I know you guys have heard me a long time ago talk about other footwear brands. I know you guys know I like cushioned or performance footwear. Ufos is next level. The patented footbed. Like I'm at the point now where I show people it. I tell people they need to get it. I mean, I was talking to a couple of college football players recently. I was like, you guys need to get this. It's amazing. It's so good on your joints. Ufos, trust me. It's active recovery wherever you're going. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ducks takes. Hey, Ross, let's start today with David Njoku. Gets a $28 million fully guaranteed four-year deal. That is $14.5 million per year. Wow. Now, Njoku was on the franchise tag, and I think the Browns wanted to get that number down, right? They wanted to find a way to lower his salary cap hit for this year and he was pretty efficient in limited touches last year it's kind of remarkable that he's now one of the three or four highest paid he might be the second highest paid tight end in the nfl behind george kittle you know this actually brings me back to a week ago and the conversation we had with darren waller about what Darren Waller's getting paid. I mean, there's no way Darren Waller should be getting half of what David Njoku makes. We'll see. I mean, he's never had a really big year. He's wanted to be traded. I mean, I know he had some big plays last year, but this was a little bit of a head-scratcher for the Browns to give Njoku that much. I guess it shows, especially with no Odell Beckham Jr., no Jarvis Landry, they picture him being a big part of the passing game. NFL revamps the Rooney rule. It's now going to include quarterback coaches as well. Right. I think that's good. I think, you know, we've all noticed that pretty clearly they are the guys getting hired as as head coaches. You know, the quarterback coaches become offensive coordinators who become head coaches People want to get guys that can maximize performance from quarterbacks, period. I mean, that's where we're at right now. So to make sure a minority candidate, a diverse candidate, at least gets interviewed for those positions, at a minimum gets more of those guys in the mix at the quarterback position, right? Like gives them, you know, then other people can talk or whatever. It just gets them in the mix at the quarterback position, which is good. It's it's what we want. Ducks takes. Let's discuss roster reconstruction. Uh, minimum four games out on IR. This year you can only go on IR and come back twice. Uh, you can only bring eight guys back total from IR, and there's, there's more as well. Right. So the last couple years with COVID, if you went on IR, you had to be out three games. 
Now it's four games as they want to make it a little bit more of a decision as to whether or not you put the guy on IR. And the last couple of years, you could have guys go on IR and come back off all season. There was no limit to that, and there was no limit to how many guys you could bring back from IR. So they did a lot of rules the last couple of years to make sure they had enough players in the COVID era. But I think they feel like they have that more under control in terms of COVID. So now you can only go on IR and come back twice, but you can only do that eight times the whole year. So if you have four guys do it twice, that's it. So you have to be a little bit more discerning as to who you put on IR and intend to bring back. And then they've got 16 players on practice squad, uh, which is, that's permanent. You know, that was an increase from, I think, 11. So that's a big increase. I mean, that's, that's a lot more jobs, including six veterans. You know, you never used to be able to have a veteran on practice squad. Now you do. So, I, you know, more or less, it's a 15, in my mind, it's almost a 59-man roster because it's 53 on the active roster, but six veterans on practice squad, and then a 10-man practice squad, which is 69. So they have 69 guys that are, at a, at a minimum, 69 guys are getting paid the whole year. Ducks takes. One uh, signing of note is the Baltimore Ravens signing Brett Hundley. Kind of interesting because Lamar Jackson has not been at OTAs. My guess is they just want another quarterback, another arm at OTAs because they haven't had Lamar there, who I guess tweeted that he'll be showing up eventually. But Hunley obviously has some similar skills to, you know, especially the backup there uh, from Utah, who did, I thought, a pretty nice job last year when he filled in. Ducks takes. Falcons linebacker Deion Jones has shoulder surgery. He is out indefinitely. Not good, obviously. Um, not good at all. You know, they don't have a very good defense to begin with, and he's one of the guys that can still play at a pretty high level, along with Grady Jarrett, A.J. Terrell. Uh, we'll see if and when Deion Jones is back this season. Ducks takes. And finally, we never talk about Major League Baseball on the NFL podcast, but uh, Jock Peterson, Tommy Pham get into a fantasy football altercation. Incredible. I don't know if you guys have been following this, but it broke after we recorded on Thursday, and it was like the news Friday and Saturday and a little bit Sunday. Just hilarious. Now, <clears throat> I've been told before, and I know this to be a fact, that Major League Baseball players are really into fantasy football, really into fantasy football, and it's like high stakes. I mean, they legitimately um, put a lot of money into this, and Tommy Pham even mentioned that, but they had a debate over a guy on IR. I guess it was Jeff Wilson. It's just unbelievable that it got that heated because it was like over a year ago or something. Um, it's just remarkable. And I just love it, you know, because Major League Baseball players, they're just like us. Speaking of just like us, love the patrons that are you guys. Patreon.com slash RT Media, especially the I Think We're Done Here members that get a shout out at the end of every show. Evergreen Economics, go-bangles.com, steakhouse-sports.com, 
humanheadnyc.com, Sportaculture, Pizza Boy Brewing, and the greatest gift I've ever seen you be able to give your dad for Father's Day, which is coming up, myfrontpagestory.com. Should have an awesome even money tomorrow. We're going to record the College Draft Podcast with Emery Hunt and Russ Landy right now. Enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend. This is a great show to have playing in the background while you're grilling out today, you're by the pool, or whatever you end up doing. Have an awesome, awesome Memorial Day. I think you guys know how much uh, all of the members of the armed services mean to me, especially those who paid the ultimate sacrifice that we remember and think about here on Memorial Day. Have a great one. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.